this is Joni Holm filling in for Joan Hogan with on with Prairie Doc Radio. I'm about to na- say it wrong. Prairie Doc Radio. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Joni. Rick Holm is our medical editor. He is a graduate of University of South Dakota School of Medicine. He is a working part-time, recently retired internist. I'm sure you've heard him before, and we do take your questions. If you'd like to call us at 692-1430, we can answer your question on the air. You know, as Bob would say, it's a time to sit down around the kitchen table and uh, pour yourself a nice cup of warm beverage and and uh, think about questions that you might have for us uh, and like give us a call. Heart attacks during shoveling or something yeah, well like that. <laughs> <laughs> but now the topic for tomorrow night's television show is all about the eye. Yes. And uh, we uh, look forward to two great experts, one from the Vance Thompson Vision Center and one from the Ophthalmology, Ophthalmology LTD. And so these two gentlemen will... Uh, be our expert for tomorrow night. I expect that the interstate will be open and they'll get up here. And we know that our listeners today and our viewers of the show are, uh, many of them are of the age where you're seeing some changes in your vision. So perhaps you have a question about that today. Uh, Rick, do you think the topic or the discussion will mostly be on glaucoma? Will we? I mean, I imagine you'll touch on everything. Well, you know, you look at the diseases and conditions of the eyes that bother the elderly, and it starts with dry eye, it goes to glaucoma, it goes to macular degeneration, it talks about cataracts, Uh, and then you have all of these intricate uh, problems uh, of the cornea, internal and external cornea problems, you have problems of the uh, retina and detached retina and retinal uh, problems and uh, separation of the of the bag of fluid that is within the eye from the retina with uh, floaters and so on and so forth. There's a lot of questions yes. that people might be interested in finding a little bit more about. And even tumors or growth in the eye. Well, are I mean, a malignancies, melanomas malignancies. Uh, occur in the retina. Um, so. One of the things that I notice, and I'm going to talk about it right now uh, uh, before we take our first break, is that uh, when my folks uh, got into trouble with their vision, uh, they had trouble, uh, never had trouble their whole lives. You know, they had glasses, both of them, but not a lot of problems their whole lives. And then, you know, of course, uh, there was uh, vision loss. And subsequently, uh, no matter what the doctor could do, they sh- still couldn't get perfect vision like they were used to. And I, I think that's, um, that's a dilemma. You, uh, as ideal as we are with our ability to focus the, the, the light just exactly right and measure all that, it's not perfect. Uh, and in the end of our lives, the last season of our lives, that ability to make the vision you know, 2020 or better than that is is gone. I mean, we just don't have perfect vision anymore. But I certainly think there are advances. I know there are advances even from the days of our parents who are all deceased. Uh, but we there's new lenses that can be put in with surgeries, and uh, the glaucoma surgeries have been very effective. So it'll be very interesting to hear from our experts some of the advances that have taken place. Yes. Well, should we take our first break? 
All right, we'll be right back. This is Prairie Doc Radio, and please continue to listen. And the phone number is 692-1430, so give us a call. to Prairie Doc Radio. This is Joni Holm filling in for Joan Hogan and we have Dr. Rick Holm as our medical guest. We're talking about eye issues today and we would welcome your questions at 692-1430. Rick, what were you going to mention or did you complete that subject? Oh, I was thinking, uh, I kind of completed that subject. Uh, And the uh, essay for the week is about dry eye. Which is certainly something we're hearing a lot about. You know, uh, Sometimes I get off on tangents when people talk to when when we talk about the magnificent body that we have, and you know how uh, you know you, I can go on about the valves of the heart and how they work, and when the heart is squeezing and relaxing, and the coronary arteries are filling, and all of the things that are just to me, I mean, an amazing proof that. This design, you know, this, this, uh, if, if you go into medicine uh, long enough, uh, I'm sure the vets feel the same way about the bodies of uh, animals, but it's, the physiology is just remarkable. Well, one of the physiologies that just blows me away is the, the, the design of the human, of the tear. Uh, and if you uh, look at it, it is about 50, 60% aqueous or watery right uh made by the uh lacrimal glands uh up above the eye uh behind the eye and makes these this this aqueous material that carries with it antibodies uh complex immune system systems it is the uh nutrition uh it makes nutritional components that feeds the cornea because the cornea doesn't have any blood vessels because if it did you couldn't see through them so the way the cornea gets nutrition is through tears on the outside of the eye and from within but you don't have blood vessels in the in the cornea that transparent film um, uh, more than a film uh, that covering the lens of a, a, a watch uh, and uh, in fact, it's the major focuser of the light to the back of the eye, more so than the lens within our eye. So uh, the cornea is fed by that uh, nutrient within the tear. Uh, and, uh, but it's more than that. Also, we have a mucus slippery layer that is made from the goblet cells of the white of the eye. And that mucus is about a third of the teardrop. And that mucus allows the tear to just slip, slide, and away. And the keep. lubrication. It's the lubricant. Uh, you know, and, and, of course, goblet cells are all over the body. It makes the mucus that we have to clean our lungs. It's the mucus that allows our poop to slide through us. You know, it's the mucus that... Um, that lubricates our body. It's that same stuff that makes joints work well and so on and so forth. So with dry eyes, you have a a decreased amount of the goblet cell production? Uh, You know, I think the biggest problem uh, is in the, and and of course, uh, the the third component of of the eye, of the tear, is this oil 
that just kind of surrounds the tear that keeps it from evaporating. So it holds the aqueous material uh, within with the and, and, and does it. So the, where does the oil come from? Well, it comes from oil glands that are on the, the lids. Mm-hmm. The meibomian glands are what mm-hmm. they're called. And, of course, a meibomian gland can get infected and people will get these cysts on their Sties. eyes. Yeah. So, uh, but the meibomian. Yeah. Hordeolums and, and uh, styes and all these little infections of the oil. The big problem is that these little creatures that live on our eyelids commonly live on our eyelids. They're, they're all over the place. They're living on the eyelids and they're chewing away, but uh, maybe they don't have enough of them or they get caked up and they can't do it all or, or whatever. But um, you know, people end up with these f- flaky, cakey uh, eyelid um, um, junk and it blocks the meibomian glands and they get infected. So... Um, Sort of a seborrheic dermatitis of the eye. Yeah, exactly right. Of the eye, that's exactly right. And uh, I know one thing we recommend is baby shampoo to Mm -hmm. clean that, correct? Right, well, the baby shampoo wipes away your meibomian gland excesses, right? The problem is it will also take away that nice little thin layer of tear that is on the outside of uh, the... The um, the oil on the tear to keep the oil, the tear from from uh, from being uh, evaporated. So be careful about all that. Not overdoing. Don't wipe out all of it. Just clean mm-hmm. away the junk on the lid and allow the eyelid and the meibomian glands to to continue to work and make oil. Well, certainly that the the problem with the. Um separate dermatitis of the eyelashes isn't everybody so don't everyone start using baby shampoo on your eyelashes and eyebrows mm-hmm. it's only if you have a problem with it it's a dry flaky yeah. uh, you know what dandruff I pref- type correct i i prefer that every day we should after we're done washing our hands with soap and water at the end of the day and we're going to go to bed and put our face our hands in our faces and all that stuff you know you don't want to carry the world's um, exposure. Of course, that's part of our our normal flora. But anyway, wash your hands really good, and then um, and not with a washcloth and soap. I like the idea of just leaning down and cleansing Splashing. your face with splashed warm water, not hot hot water, but warm water, and cleanse away the dirt and the grime and clean off the the eyelids and and just kind of rinse your face once a day. I don't think we were meant to have soap so much on our faces all day every day i mean we i think we've overdone it and soap was is a chemical and it know. dries it out and, and it dries and everything out in our normal flora takes away from that tear production that you're talking about or from the maybe not the production but the actual tears that are there mm-hmm. and it takes away from the normal oil that's on your face uh that um that that protects your skin now you know oh i hear people say oh but i have really oily face Part of the reason people have really oily faces, they're just continually wiping away all the normal oil, and your your oil glands are just they they have hypertrophied and they're they, cranking out. They're they're just working really hard to try mm-hmm. to keep up, and they can't keep up, and then they get sick. 
So. I know with, you know, I work with babies. Most of our listening audience knows that. And I just really recommend the, you know, one or two baths a week. I had a, a family this week that said they, you know, they bathe their baby about once a week. And I'm like, yes, it's so unusual. You know, more than often you have the. Twice a day. Baby. Well, or, <laughs> or daily. Once a day anyway. And that does and take this oil, takes the natural oil off. And babies don't get very dirty. Yeah. I you mean, know. you know, maybe around the. Anus, but that's well, we use baby wipes. We use baby wipes on the bottom, and you know, we wipe their faces after they eat. But it's the rest of the body that just doesn't need a lot of that cleansing, especially not lathering up with soap. If you if you cleanse them, cleanse them with a little water. Get not a lot of soap. I think you know, just normal. Just play in the water. Let them play in the water a little Mm -hmm. bit. Well, I think we should take our second break. We do welcome your questions at 692-1430. We're talking about eyes today, but we'll welcome questions on anything. Well, pediatrics are a real good topic because we've got a pediatric expert in this room. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. Thank you. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have Dr. Rick Holm in the office, in the studio, uh, to answer your medical questions. We're talking about a variety of things to include the eye, but we kind of want to touch on the idea of all the winter weather we're having in snow. Okay, I've been thinking about this as I was driving to the studio this morning. How happy I am to be alive. (laughs) <laughs> it's so beautiful out right now. Look at the snow piling up on the It's kind of better not to be on the road, though. No, and maybe it's the time to just kind of sit at home and settle in and mm-hmm. and have that hot cup of coffee. You know, I, I, my, my sense is, you know, we can all moan and groan about it. And, and part of it is, you know, we set up an attitude in our homes. Uh, if we are sad, uh, all the time, we're angry all the time, and we're expressing it. Our kids pick up on that, or our f- parents pick up on that, or our spouses, or whoever's in the house with you. You know, I, I think we have to take these days and and know that um, you know this is part of the 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 nature, and uh, maybe we've you know maybe our uh, ecology is changing because of. The change in the in the climate, climate, but um, whether that's man-made or not, I'm not going to enter into that debate. But my comment is, uh, this is the world we live in. We might encourage people to sit by their windows so that they have some sunlight. I think that's a really good idea. I also like the idea of uh, getting out of the igloo when you can, doing it safely. And getting a daily exercise program uh, every day, some kind of like 30 minutes of exercise. Now, the problem is <clears throat> some people will die during a shoveling uh, thing. And there's something about the use of the arms that demands more from your coronary arteries than almost anything. And so if you're shoveling, just take your time. Uh, I think snow blowers have probably saved a lot of lives. And, uh, uh, you know, because uh, over-the-arm shoveling is a dangerous thing, particularly in a, in a middle-aged to older man who hasn't been exercising with his arms in particular regularly. And so I, I think it's important to take your time when you're, if you're shoveling. You want to, I know of people who their feet are cold and then they just keep on going. You know, well, stop and go in and warm your feet a little bit and then 
get ready and go out and do it in stages. So some of those drifts, like we were working on this morning at our house, yeah. <laughs> you know, work on it for for ten minutes and then quit, and then go out later in the day and and do it again. Work, get it, get a better shovel, and yeah. and you know maybe a, a short ten minute burst versus trying to continue till it's complete. Right, and actually we're going to have to get out there and and uh, and shovel and and blow our driveway and our again driveway. again. It is still coming down. I was due to be to give an ollie talk in Desmet, and I'm if the roads open, I'd like to go, but I don't know how smart it would be, and I, maybe we can reschedule. So. I'm going to call Nancy Schultz Montross, my dear friend, uh, shortly and, and see what she thinks. But uh, Personally, I think it's a little silly to be on the road, and I don't know uh, what kind of road reports we have right now for the county roads. Are they uh, in town, in Brookings? It is dangerous, folks. I think that if a small car like we both drive, the chance of getting stuck is very high. It's this kind of road that people back out because they can't see. They back out into the road. They have to kind of run because they've run into, you know, they've got snow in their way. So they push out. And then suddenly you, you're in the middle of the road and a car didn't see them. is coming at them and you have no room to get out of their way. Well, I had that this morning at 6 in the morning and, and it's, it's very scary. Uh, we do have some questions, mm. I'm happy to say. So I let's move right into those. Um, Talking about dry eyes, the caller wants to know about wet eyes. So I think they're talking about having an excessive tearing problem. Well, it's interesting that people, the most common symptom of dry eye is wet eye. Paradox. What? Paradoxical. That uh, people who have dry eyes and irritation have inflammation and then there is a stimulant stimulation uh, to make more uh, liquid and and so an inflammatory uh, response going on in your eye because you don't have enough good eye drop good eye good tears uh, makes for a lot of tears that are not good tears not adequate tears not enough mucus not enough oil uh, so uh, oftentimes people who have wet eyes or watery eyes it's a sign of not uh, of poor quality tears and irritation inflammation because of the um, excessive quality dryness? of the eyes. What do you, uh, what do you think about the over-the-counter lubricant drops, kind of like uh, uh, natural tears? Yes, and uh, you know, I've you know, my whole life I've asked ophthalmologists which is the best one. And I've never got a good answer. <laughs> so, in other words, they're probably fairly similar. I, I would no. Well, for for one thing, I would not do the get the red out eye drops. Forget about that. The antihistamine type. Well, no, they have a, they have not antihistamine. They have vasoconstriction uh, uh, components. So they uh, the eye the red is there because it's inflamed. There's an inflammatory process going on because of bad tears or because of inadequate tears or because of eye strain lack of sleep infection okay so there the the what what is our body doing it's a natural response to to this inflammation and it's trying to clean up the junk uh it's increased blood vessels to get that problem solved 
So what do we do? We constrict those blood vessels we you know, to make it look better uh, when um, we should uh, be adding a lubrication rather than a vasoconstriction. So, so, get, so if you ask me, all of those, get the red out dries uh, or eye drops, get rid of those. But the lubricant. Now, the lubricants, there are several different versions. I think the over-the-counter versions uh, are fine. Uh, the, the eye ointment is something that works really good if you're, when you're going to bed and you're going to close your eyes and your eyes are going to be closed all night long because they'll last longer. You don't want to put an ointment in usually uh, when you're wanting to see clearly because the ointment, it yeah. goops it up. But it's, the ointment is kind of mucousy, oily, you know, petroleum-based mm -hmm. kind of a thing and, and uh, good for it at, at bedtime. I think that uh, this time of year when we have our heaters on and um, I'm fi finding um, ice strain from computer. So combine the computer and, oh, and the heat. And with the fan. We have fans going, blowing hot air. Hot air. And then in, you get into the car. Uh, I can tell you, I used to have a car that blew air right at the windshield, that blew air directly at my eye. And whenever I had, you know, it was driving in, you know, very cold weather and I had the, um, the windshield. Heat on. Um, defroster. Defroster on. My eyes would just die. Right there, then and there, immediately. So a good use of the lubricant drops during these particular times of year are issues. I think so. And, and go, ask your pharmacist. You know, that, what is the very best OTC, uh, best buy on an OTC eye drop for lubricant? Yes. Okay, another question. This caller has prescription glasses and doesn't want to wear them all the time. Is it a bad idea to go back and forth from glasses to no glasses? I think glasses, I, I like the idea of the eye exercising. And if you're a, let's say you're a middle-aged person and you're right now at the point where you kind of need them, but you don't need them and you want to have them all the time, but not quite, and off and on, off and on and on. It allows the lens to stay active and working. If you don't use a, uh, you don't use it, you lose it, right? The lens gets kind of sloppy and it depends on your glasses. And I think we actually probably do that to some degree. Is it a big deal? No. I think uh, so whether what, this is... I'm, myth or not i see people with headaches if they're having a lot of eye strain and so keep that in mind if you're if you're developing headaches then you may need to be more regular but if that's if you're not having symptoms i don't see why it would hurt you know i i like the idea of uh, getting a gla glasses that if you're doing a lot of computer work make it so that those glasses work exactly for the distance of the computer or have a pair of computer glasses that bingo that's exactly it uh, and, and um, you know, the uh, glasses uh, that you don't need because you've had LASIK uh, mm -hmm. surgery, so on and so forth, but you need them when you're doing close-up work, off and on, off and on. I think that's just fine. No problem. Good. Okay, and, and the third question we have is uh, what good over-the-counter medications can be used to prevent macular degeneration from progressing? Okay. Well, let, let me give you my, I've got a bias there. You'll get a different opinion from uh, a variety of different doctors. There was a study of looking at supplements that might enhance the vascular uh, uh, 
condition of the back of the eye. And their uh, Bausch & Loam, the company that makes all of these... Contact solutions and so on. Variety of different kinds of uh, drugs for the eyes, too. It came, uh, did a, uh, a study uh, trying to see what would help with macular degeneration. They found that in one kind of macular degeneration, it happened to be very s severe, wet, that if you used huge doses of this particular supplement, you know, then you might make a minimal difference. Well, we've all now what is it is is it's a it's an expensive supplement. Um, you can find a generic that's like it that's a lot cheaper. Can you call the name, or do you not want to say the name out loud? I don't want to say the name. Out loud. Okay. Uh, but anyway, it's still expensive, uh, even if you find a generic. When there's very little Benefit. scientific data. Uh, and in fact, the majority of people who have macular degeneration, there's no data on it. Uh, now, what's interesting is that people have found the things you can do to improve your vascular system. That means... Stop smoking. Stop smoking. <laughs> it means exercise regularly. It means eat less. Um, there's no particular diet. A balanced diet is right. You know, enough vegetables, including carrots. You know, carrot supplement doesn't work. In fact, the vitamin A supplement might even be dangerous to you. It isn't the supplement. People keep looking at it. The data says good vi uh, diet, uh, uh, but less calories. And, uh, and what's more, friendship, interaction, conversation ability to, to uh, have a spiritual sense, all those things that make a vascular system work better. People live longer because they don't have heart attacks, they don't have strokes, they don't have blood clots to the kidneys and the legs as much, um, you know, that prevents uh, early aging of your vascular system. All those things help prevent macular degeneration. And all those other things. <laughs> and all those other things. Mm -hmm. And there's no doggone supplement that's going to make a difference. It'll make a difference on the Bosch and Loam uh, income. The profit of the pharmaceutical industry, as far as I'm concerned, they've lost their ethical base. But let's so, change the subject. Well, <laughs> I think uh, we would recommend that this caller talk with their eye doctor. Um, you know, you, Rick is an internist. He has lots of knowledge, but we do want you to to go with the recommendations of your particular doctor. If there's nothing I else to do, you've got this problem. Here's something to hope for. You know, it won't hurt you. It's just that the cost of Bosch and Loam's version of eye supplements are like three times a day, and the difference is so minuscule. I think that's important to know. I mean, and, and in fact, that you said it probably won't hurt you. So if someone is taking it, you know, you're not most likely damaging. Uh, will you get a lot of benefit? You probably not. Walk a mile a day. There you have it. There's the difference. All of this other crap is very minimal. What about sunglasses while you're walking your mile I a day? I think that's a good idea. Sunglasses protect actually prevent the cataracts from occurring. So there's a little bit more eye health. Um, we are just about out of time. If you want to mention one more time the, oh, the show, the show tomorrow, tomorrow night. Uh, it's going to be a doctor from Vance Thompson Vision and a doctor from Ophthalmology LTD. Uh, these guys are the world's experts. You'll hear or their, women. 
the yeah, uh, and you'll hear their opinion about uh, eye supplements. It probably going to be very positive, but um, and they're going to talk about you know migraine, eye grain headaches. They're going to talk about all these important issues of the aging eye, and so it'll be a heck of a good good show tomorrow night. Fun guests, very educational interesting topics and uh, and that's at seven o'clock thursday evening public tv one thing that we have found historically with our eye shows is we have just tons of questions and my theory on that is that we People we talk well yeah but they're watching every week i think it's because we're the eye is a little more mysterious to us you know we've learned a little bit more about our bodies we've been to our primary care providers but the eye is is a little different and uh people have questions yeah, so do. it's really fun and we we do appreciate the questions that were sent in today and those of you that you. will watch us tomorrow and send in your questions so um for On Call with the Prairie Doc is the name of the show. And today with on Prairie Doc Radio, we certainly appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, we'll be here next week. Thank you, Joni, for being our guest host. And uh, people, stay healthy out there. <laughs> <laughs>